going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so, so glad you're tuning in. Again, this is week three of our series we've been in called Limitless, and let me tell you, this has been just an awesome series, the first two episodes, and, and I know we're we're a little still off on our schedules, but we're getting back to a regular Rhythm and flow, just continue to bear with me. A lot of shifting happening just in my own world, but definitely wanting to stay connected to the people who are listening to Vantage Point literally all across this globe. Um, If you don't know, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but Vantage Point has been heard in over 35 countries uh, just in the three years' time that we've been on the air. So thank you for everyone that's listening, whether that's in Spain or or Germany or or the islands or wherever you are in the United States, Canada. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Be sure to share, share, share um, as Vantage Point continues to impact you. We also can, you also can support financially through Patreon. That's a link that says support Vantage Point on your listening platform and on our website uh, at vantagepointministries.us. And so Definitely all those ways. And if you're listening on Apple, encourage to rate and review. Let's continue to drive and, and get people connected to Vantage Point. But week three, I wanted to, you know, build on what we talked about last uh, last episode. And so we focused on Moses. We focused on the Moses complex. And so today, I, I want to spend some time talking about Noah. And I, I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to some of the more famous um stories in the bible the more well-known uh stories and noah is is definitely falls under that category of um famous right and well-known stories we all know the story that's probably one of the first stories that children learn in children's church around noah and the ark and the animals but i i want to just spend some time really digging into who noah was and and really looking to uncover uh, some key things that we can pull uh, just from his life and and really help us think about that term limitless, right? Because we, we, we've we mentioned it before, and, and when we think about limitless, right, it's without limits, right? We're, we're, we're finding ways to remove the limitations um, that we ultimately set uh, with God um, in our lives, whether that's with our own issues, our own different things that we deal with, but ultimately looking for ways to um, move those things and shift those things outside of our lives so we can really allow God to really move fully. And and something that, you know, we, we talked about, and I want to just disclaim and make sure, you know, there are limitations that are good, right? There, there are healthy limitations that we know that are set, that even God does, right? That we know that are crucial to our life. They're crucial to our being. And so just because we're living limitless doesn't mean we have limits, right? And and so we, we still have to operate in that mindset. But sometimes we like to get the two mixed up and, and we start to place limits where things should be limitless, right? In our faith, right? For a perfect example, our faith in God should be limitless, right? We shouldn't place limitations on our faith. Um, you know, our, our obedience, right? We should be obedient. There should not be limitations and restrictions to our obedience to God. And so really when we dig into Noah, um, I, I want to start in Genesis 6. That's where the story of Noah begins. And it says, um, this is an account uh, 
of Noah. We're starting at verse 9, Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, and for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out all I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for you and for all the family, for all for your family and all and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time right there, because if you really go back to Moses for just a quick second and we look and, and kind of unpack what God told him to do. Right. He wanted no he wanted Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell and, and release his people. He wanted to that's what Moses he he wanted Moses to do. And if we really strip that down, right? Let's strip it down to the simplest of things, simplest of terms, right? Thinking of math, right? We're getting to the lowest common denominator, right? God wanted Moses to go to someone and speak. And, and make a request, basically. That, that is what he wanted, right? He wanted Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, you need to let these people go. They're God's people. You got to let them go. Right? Simple enough. You're going to go have a conversation. We can strip it down even more. Right? He had a specific task to go to, Mo, to, go to Pharaoh and, let his, and tell him to let the Israelites go. Right? But now if we transition to Noah... I don't, how, how can we, we strip that down to the lowest common denominator? Well, first of all, God told Noah to build something, right? He said, I need you to build this. Now, even in that simplest of denominations, right, we, we bring that down, denominator, we can literally sit here and say, okay, he told him to build a boat. But here's the thing um, to, to really understand, Noah had no idea what a boat was. They didn't have boats. At least we, at this point in, in, the, in the game, we don't know, right? There's, there's nothing there. So he's literally asking him to build something he's never built for an event that has never happened. Um, and then God gets into such detail with building the ark. Right, we we see the the type of wood to use. We see how to protect it from from sinking, right? Because it's a flood, so that means water. 
Um, we um, also see that it's constructed decks and stalls. So in essence, it has like rooms and areas, specific areas. We see how tall it's supposed to be, how long it's supposed to be, um, how wide it's supposed to be. Um, compared to modern measurements, the, the arc was four stories tall. Um, it was a football field and a half length long. Um, you know, and, and so th there's an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Uh, there's a door on the side, there's decks. So God goes from this simple task, right? Build a boat. And then he gives Noah such a great detail of instruction on what to do. Now, tying that into limitless, right? Thinking about you know, first of all, I'm asking you to build something you've never built. And not only that, I'm not even going to leave it up to you to decide how you build it. I'm going to give you every spec, every blueprint that I can that I can give you to help you in the full construction of this ark. And so I think sometimes when we think like God has asked us to do this huge thing, right? To do this huge, huge thing. And we automatically go into limitations. You know, because even if we, again, going back to Moses, he told him to do this. And before God could really get into, Moses began to, give him the reasons why he couldn't do this, right? And, and But with Noah, the one thing that I love about the Noah and the story of Noah, if you go down what we just read to verse 22, which is the last verse after God has literally outlined every single thing from start to finish what to do in the construction of the ark. It actually, if you go back, verse 22 I'm, what I was looking for was, okay, well, what did Noah say to all of this? And if you really understand and, and look at the story, Noah actually didn't say anything. The verse says in 22, it says, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Think about that. God has given him this great and detailed instruction and Noah doesn't even has a doesn't even have a response. He just goes to work. Because see, that's the thing. He he he. I, I really believe that even if we go back to the beginning of the story, something that stands out is Noah was a righteous man. Verse nine, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. So because he was a righteous man, that means he had right standing with God doesn't mean that Noah was perfect because later on in, in the life of Noah, we find out that Noah was in fact not a perfect person, right? He was not perfect at all, but he was a righteous man. And according to the condition of the world, he was the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And, and what's even crazier about that, it doesn't say his wife was, wasn't blameless. It doesn't say his sons were blameless. It says he was blameless and he walked in close fellowship with God. See, that's the thing when it comes to limitless thinking. So what I really take away from this, if we really unpack this, this beginning story of Noah is this. 
He was righteous with God. He was a righteous man. He was blameless. And he walked in close fellowship with God. So what that tells me is that because of those things that transcended his fear, his doubt, his insecurities, or even his thought processes when God tells him, hey, the world is corrupt and I'm going to kill everybody except you and yours. But before that, I need you to build something you've never built. I'm going to give you the full instructions of it because I, and then I'm going to tell you how to do it when you build it, who's going to come with you, and then here's what's going to happen. See, I think because not only in our limitless thinking, if we have the relationship with God and we walk in close fellowship, when it comes to limitless thinking, when God tells us something big to do, we can just do it, right? We, we don't have to question it. We don't even have to say anything. We just go to work because we in, we're in close fellowship with him. But on the flip side of that, Take it a step further, because we walk in close fellowship with God, God can see us and literally say, you know what? I can give them something limitless to do. I can give them something big to do because they walk with me. They understand me. They're connected to me. So, you know, I think about the people who are like walking around and maybe even listening to this podcast, wondering and thinking why God hasn't, you know, taken them to that big step, hasn't moved them into that big job or moved them into something crazy like their big vision wants to do. My question would be, where's your are you walking in close fellowship with God? Are you blameless in his eyes? I didn't say perfect. But in terms of what was going on in that world at that time, Noah wasn't a part of that. He spent his time with God. So are you spending your time with God? Are you in close fellowship with God? That might be the reason that that, that big vision, that that limitless thinking that you keep writing in your notebook, that you keep thinking about doing, that you want to do, that even if you're young, you're thinking about these big things. Are you in close relationship with him? Because I think that's the power of the story of Noah. He was in such a close relationship with him that he's able to do this thing, build this ark, build something he's never built. And and I'll take it a step further. If you really look at um, any picture of the ark and when it was built or even look at theologians and, and what they say, the ark was built in dry land. It was built on dry land. It wasn't built near water, near a water outlet or the ocean or the sea or anything. It was built on land. Think how crazy that looks. You're building a boat to save humanity in the middle of land, almost in the middle of a valley where there is no water in sight. Because he sometimes following God to this degree to to the limitless thinking that that we that we want to have means you're going to have to do something that's going to look crazy. It's going to look silly. It's going to look silly to everybody around you. They're going to question it. They're going to wonder what why are you doing this? You know, I I remember starting Vantage Point and 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 the same same questions came up. Like why are you doing that? You know, there's a whole bunch of podcasts and other things going on, but why are you doing that? It's what God told me to do. 
and I had really played around with God in even doing it because Vantage Point launched in 2019. I've said this before, but he gave me the vision in 2017. I just took two years to, to be in close relationship with him to get to the point to actually do it to where I had the confidence and I wasn't operating in a Moses complex or even in, in my own complex of trying to logically figure out, well, okay, God, you said use my voice, but I don't really want to do that. So I'll just write. How about our blog? It's the same thing, but God didn't tell me to write. God told me to speak. And, and, and so because I started to get in that right relationship with him, I began to build that relationship and begin to walk in close fellowship with him, not for the podcast, not for not for the only re, not the only reason I did that was to become closer to him, to understand him, to get in relationship with my father, Abba Father, my my father, to get in that type of relationship with God, because you really can't understand, you can't even really fathom limitless thinking until you get into that relationship with God. And I, again, I love the story because we don't even know if Noah had a look on his face. We don't know if he if he did have a question or a thought. And at the end of the day, what I, what I gather from that is it doesn't matter. The one, who's he, the one he is in close fellowship with, the one who he's righteous to in right standing with, gave him an instruction. And obedience never came into question. Noah just acted. He just went to work. And even as we go deeper and deeper, when the boat was finished, Noah gets into the boat. And I love that in that limitless thinking, right, we can go and look at the Bible. And and when Noah got the instruction, he was 500. When he got in the boat, he was 600. So Noah was obedient and built for 100 years. We won't build for 10 minutes. Noah built for 100 years on a promise. God said, I'm going to establish my covenant with you, my relationship with you. And because you walk with me and you have close fellowship with me, I'm going to give, I can give you something to do and I don't have to make it happen right away. And you're still right there. I I was looking and thinking about this when Noah started to build the ark. I wonder the people around him, what they were looking like, what they were sounding like, doubting him, laughing at him. And if, and then he gets to 600, those same people, essentially their, their next generation came and were looking at, was looking at Noah like, what are you doing? So Noah is literally building in, in obedience He's building in this limitless mindset and he has generations of people that have doubted him. Think about that. Some of the oldest people at the beginning of his instruction, at the beginning of his construction of the ark, and then they have children and then the next generation is coming. And you know those stories have passed on. Man, that dude's crazy building that ark, man. I don't know what's going on with him. And now these new people are coming in. Hey, my granddaddy said, you've been building this ark for 20 years, man. You've been building this ark for 50 years. Man, it's 70 years. You're still building this, man? I thought the flood was coming. I thought God was wiping everybody out. 
But he stayed true and he stayed focused and he stayed locked in to what the instruction was that was given to him by the one he had has close fellowship with. So that's a question for you. Because see, even in limitless thinking, limitations don't stop. People will come around you to set limitations themselves. So you could be in right fellowship, you can be in right standing, and you still get to the place where you say, all right, God, I'm going with it. Let's go. Matter of fact, you just start doing. You pull a Noah. You just you have a Noah resolve. You just start doing it. As soon as God says it, you go do it. But even in your doing, there's going to be people around you that are going to look at you and say, why are you doing that? Why even bother with that limitless thought process? God didn't do it before. You've been struggling this whole time. It's taking you 10 years to graduate school. Why do you keep bothering with it? Because, see, sometimes we, we think the devil comes and sets limits. No, people around us can set limits, too. We, we've been talking about our own limitations and our own setting those restrictions on ourselves. But the truth of the matter is the people around you can do the same thing. And the even bigger surprise is that it'll be, some, it'll be people you least expect. The people you least expect will come and try to set the most asinine restrictions and limitations on what you truly believe in your head is limitless thinking because it's what God has given you. So that's the question. Who's around you setting limitations? Because maybe you've already got that Noah resolve and you're putting your hand to the plow and you're doing the things and you're doing the work and you're trusting God and you're just moving in that crazy faith. And that limitless thinking. And then somebody comes and asks you, why are you even doing this? You, you, don't, even, you don't even know how to do that. Because I'm pretty sure at some point somebody said to Noah, you don't even know what a boat is. You don't even know what it's supposed to look like. Why build something bigger than you? Why, why even bother with doing that? You don't even have the skill set to do that. What, what is our response? Because, see, if we're in close fellowship, it doesn't matter what they say. If we're in right standing, it doesn't matter what they say. Because we know the one who told us. And we know the one who's with us. And we know the one who is going to be with us through. Whether it takes five years, ten years, ten minutes or in Noah's case, 100 years, to fulfill a promise. To fulfill the word that was given. That's the real question. Is can we have that level of thinking when it comes to, to Noah and that resolve? And the most powerful thing, I, 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 I'll close with this in the story of Noah. He's on the ark, and the waters start to recede. And at the time they recede, Noah's instructed to get off the boat. And then the water is receding. And then if we go to Genesis 8, 13, 
And it says Noah was now 601 years old. So he'd been on the ark for a year. On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah and his wife, Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat. And all of the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. And this is the most crazy thing about this. Verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold, heat, summer and winter, day and night. I want you to paint that picture. Noah gets off the boat and he's the only, him and his family are, that's it. Humanity has reset. Humanity has reset. And they leave the boat, and it says in 17, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. And then Noah gets off the boat with his family. It doesn't say what his family did. But Noah, I feel like in that moment, played back in his mind everything that had happened up until that moment, from the instruction to the building, to the ridicule, to the riding the flood waters and ultimately hitting dry land. And at that moment, he built an altar and he worshiped God. We can't get so caught up in the things that we're doing that we don't take a moment and reflect and then worship God. Because wherever God took you through from instruction to revelation, remember we have the resolve to say we trust you, God. We, we, we believe in you. We've been walking with you. And this is what you've asked me to do. And I'm doing it. And then when you step back and look, it doesn't mean keep going, although you will. But to take a step back and say, you know what? I just need to stop for a moment. And let this soak in that God not only, in Noah's case, destroyed the entire human race except him. He, he kept his covenant with him and allowed him to reset humanity through Noah. He had no choice, no, no, other, no other alternative but to stop and worship God before he did anything else. He worshiped. So that's my last question as I close out this episode. In the midst of everything you're doing, in the midst of every limitless vision you have and God is driving you to it, have you stopped to worship him? Have you taken a minute to worship him and give thanks for all that he's brought you through? Because I can tell you, I remember those first few episodes of Vantage Point and I was, you know, 
I went and did it, just sat down and recorded and uploaded and didn't think twice about it and waiting for days for a download. That wasn't me. I remember those first few episodes, those first few moments. I remember the 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 end of 2019 where where it just hit a whole wall and just stopped recording for six months. And right when I was going to jump back into it in January of 2020, God said, wait, I need more time with you. And for six months, I spent more time with him. And everything that I got in those six months in relationship has been in vantage point ever since. And now reaching 35 countries, people I will never meet have heard this. People are listening to this right now. I will never meet in a country somewhere, in a state somewhere, and I'll never meet you. But I thank God for you. Because I remember the days when when nobody was downloading Vantage Point. And I was wondering, like, okay, God. And, and as much as I had a Noah resolve, that Moses complex would always creep back in. And then I had other people creeping into. And to see now when an episode drops, people in Spain, people in Germany, people in Russia, don't get it twisted, people all over this country are tuning in to Vantage Point Podcast. It might be the only Jesus they get. I don't know. But God has truly shown me that what we can do in obedience and being in right standing with him allows us to not only transform our own thinking, but we can impact others and help them transform their lives. God literally showed me this vision going at the end of 2021 vantage point. There will be people in heaven because of vantage point podcast. There will be people that will see you and they will say, thank you. Because they heard a message or they heard this. And it may not be the message they hear that coming out right now. It might be a message that'll be two years from now that I did two years from now. Two years before. That people will be blessed with and people will see and want to challenge themselves. Because it's not about me. It's about what God is doing through me. So I encourage you today. Have a Noah resolve that starts with being in right standing with God. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to to connect with people again on this platform. And I just pray for anybody that's listening, Father God, or that will listen to this episode, that they continue to operate with a Noah resolve, that they continue to operate that at the end of the day, when you give instruction, it's about action. But even before the action, it's about relationship. So I pray that they reestablish or establish a relationship with you that even begins with them acknowledging that you and you gave your son as a living sacrifice for us and that he rose again and that he seats at the right hand of you and that even through their relationship with him, their lives will be transformed and they'll be unlocked into the things that you have for them. So I thank and praise you for them that's that anyone that's listening. I pray for their hearts. I pray for their minds. I pray for even the doubters around them, Father God, that you will silence the doubters around them, 
to truly allow them to have the Noah resolve and unlock themselves for the things that you have for them. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And thank y'all so much for tuning in. We're going to come back here just in a few days, actually, to close out this series. And stay tuned. We're going to be starting a new series called To Whom It May Concern regarding letters to the church from the book of Revelation. It's going to be an awesome time. And remember, keep seeking keys, insight, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. It'll change your world and your life. God bless.